multi-team or even whole organisational agility, business agility, whatever it is you would like to label it as, has never been easy. And there has been a huge number of frameworks over the years that have come and gone. Some have stood the test of time, others haven't. But all of them, well, let's say all of them, most of them, have had pretty good, strong values at their core. The Less Matters podcast is here for more than just less stuff. This podcast exists to help you get to grips with multiple team agile, to help you get to grips with how to scale, or even just how to be a better agilist and agile leader yourself, to accelerate your performance and the performance of those around you. Here at Less Matters, we are going to be having lots of chats with people that maybe have never even heard of Less before, but have brilliant, informative, valuable things to share with all of us. So, here we go. Without any further ado, let's get on to this week's Less Natter. Hello and welcome back to the Less Matters podcast. We are joined today by an internet friend of mine called Tim Robinson. I say an internet friend. I'm not sure if we've have we reached that point where it's we can call ourselves friends or yeah, acquaintances. I can, I, I'm a friend to everyone, uh, unless you prove otherwise. So Ben, you're in. You're, yeah. in, the, you're in the group, mate. Don't worry. I'm in the. Oh, look at that. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I feel like this podcast has now served its purpose. I've gained a new, a new pretend friend. Yeah. Thanks, thank everyone for listening. Um, we're done. Yeah, yeah, we're done. That's it. That was a record time. I'm sure this one will skyrocket. This will just perform so well because we went straight to the point. Yeah. Ben needs friends. In all seriousness, we are not here to talk about my my social circle or uh, or me trying to make friends on the internet. We are here to talk about something interesting around scaling because Tim and I have been exchanging various messages, comments on LinkedIn now for maybe six months yeah maybe maybe even longer um yeah a while now just kind of bouncing backwards and forwards on on a few interesting topics um and yeah. great to, to get the opportunity to dive a little deeper here right yeah and it was it was the comment between you put something about dependencies hmm. and i can't exactly remember what it what post it was that you put Hurt. Can you remember which one this was? No, the, there's a sea of rubbish to wade through there, Ben. So um, it, could, it could be any one of them. <laughs> well, I think it was around the removal rather than managing of dependencies. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, so I I, I think uh, at the time I was looking at um, scaled agile framework, and uh, we were looking at uh, the the. the planning board with all of the red string on it and it was like well why are we not measuring and removing the red string here we just kind of accept it as as normal so that triggered some thoughts in my mind of well is there a is there a challenge around dependency management and scaling um and reaching out to you and and your experience i think we had some really interesting conversations so be as i say good to to dive a little deeper maybe get some more insights so if we take a question which we have pre-prepared. Let's not pretend that this is all off the cuff. Let's be real about this. Oh, no, 100% fake. Oh, oh, talking about fake. Um, I totally haven't introduced you. No. Um, would you like me to read your profile on LinkedIn and, and, and pretend like uh, like I know you really well and I'm just doing it from memory? 
Um, you can do, or we could we could not bore the audience completely, and I can just kind of say, uh, I'm, I can introduce myself briefly for for like thirty seconds. Yeah. Introduce yourself, Tim. So uh, I'm Tim Robinson. Uh, I guess best described as an agile coach in my my job, but uh, maybe maybe there are better titles out there. I'm not quite sure what they are yet. Um, but I love to help organizations, teams and individuals to to improve and grow and meet their their potential. Um, and doing that through agility um, and many other tools, right? Agile is not the only way of doing these things, but I just want to help teams uh, and organizations to be productive. And for me, one of those motivating things was the realization that we spend so much of our time at work or at least thinking about work, so, you know, 70%, 80% of our time Maybe you and I are spending 110% of our time focused on work, but, you know, do what you love. Um, and I just wanted to be more personal, more more fulfilling. Um, and my journey on that was uh, being in a startup for, for six or seven years, um, learning how to work in small teams, being hyper-productive. Um, and as I said to you before we were chatting, before you hit the record button, um, there was a period of time when I saw the way we were working as a small startup and actually thought we were inventing something new it wasn't until i did some research and started to to kind of write up some blog posts i realized hey this thing's got a name it's called agile there's a whole community supporting this um and i was just entranced by it uh so i just want to bring that the the genuine joy that i felt working in that small hyper-focused value-adding team to to others um and i, I realized that you can't join these hyper hyper-performing teams you have to create them um, and one of the things that I can do in life is trying to help those out to create those teams and create the environment where those teams can form. Um, so that's what I love doing. Um, and I'm, uh, it's a pleasure to be connected to people like you, Ben, who have got obviously very similar tracks, right? You're trying to help to improve organizations, people, teams. Um, and a lot of that is about things like empowerment and autonomy and purpose. Um, and we talk about those topics all the time. So yeah, that's maybe a little bit about me without having a, a CV put up in front of people. They don't need that. If they, Thank you very much. Yeah. I was just going to say, if people want to know more about me, they can find me on LinkedIn and uh, and cyberstalk me, um, as I'm sure they might. Everyone loves a stalker, right? Yeah. yeah. Just any, any attention. Why do you think I've got a podcast? Yeah. That's why right. to pay attention to me. Why do you think I'm here? I, I don't care so much about you. I just, you know, I want my five minutes of fame. You know, Andy Warhol got it right. Where's my five minutes? God damn it. Um, <laughs> do you know what I find interesting? That I think one day what will happen is I will be in this situation and I will say, Tim, would you like to introduce yourself? And the person on the other side will be like, hi, my name's Dan. <laughs> I'll be like, oh. Oops. Yeah, no, I, I did that, Ben. I did that at a talk. Uh, so the guy who was hosting the talk, uh, had his login details as the company name, and the company name happened to be a, a person's name. And I referred to him all the way through the talk that he invited me to give as his business name, not his his name. So I've been there, um, and uh, now the the memory of that has forced me to just cringe internally. So the whole of this is going to be a you know tinged by that that cr- tinged by that cringe. Yeah, we don't we don't need poetry here, do we? Tingy cringe. Yeah. A cringy tinge? Cringy tinge. <laughs> a cringy tinge. <laughs> There's a lot of this going to be going on the editing room floor, yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that's what you would think. But I'm inherently lazy. That's why I like Agile and Lean, because I don't like doing stuff I don't have to. And editing out little bits like this, too much effort. 
Okay, and Dan, are you ready? <laughs> I am stiff. <laughs> One little interesting side note, and maybe we can pick this up when you come back for another chat, is that a lot of people seem to be most successful with Agile when they don't know what it is. It's only after they've done it and then find it and then try and repeat it that it seems to go wrong. I think that's really interesting. I think we should dive a little deeper into that. Maybe not in this session, but absolutely. I'd love to talk about that some more. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. I'm going to make a little note here. As I, as I said, I'm, I'm doing a talk uh, in a couple of weeks' time on like embracing complexity. And I think maybe there's some of that that plays into this space, right, is the fact that when you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, what processes and practices you should be following or what best practice is described as, you're finding your own way and you're experimenting and you're you're dancing in that moment. And maybe that's what the maybe what's that's what the benefit is, is the dancing in the moment. I think so. Maybe we should talk about it now and we can pick up the other topic another time. Absolutely. There is it was uh Donella Meadows, was it, in her book? Yes, one of her systems thinking books kind of mentions about dancing with the system. Uh, that's new to me. So, um, but yeah, I can absolutely see why why it would be called or, or titled that dancing in the in that that moment. Right, it's just embracing the space. And I think you know part of the talk that I'm going to give, and I don't want to give any spoilers out. Come to the Lean Agile Glasgow talk in a couple of weeks' time. Find it online. Um, we're, we're talking about this, this kind of the idea of innovation happens in that chaotic space you can't force innovation you have to somewhat embrace it um uh, i think there is a competitive advantage in being able to do that obviously we need constraints we need safety to a certain extent but i think human beings overvalue the safety of practices and processes and they force us into a a constrained environment which means that we don't have that flexibility to innovate as much as we maybe should so may I infer from that or is it an inference or deduction? I'm not sure. I can deduce that when we are doing what we feel is the right thing to do and we're working with people that we enjoy being with and we are we believe in the purpose. I'm talking from my own personal experience, but also thinking here about startups, small companies where you've generally got a lot of people there who really believe in the company. You've still got the person whose original idea or the people whose original ideas it was. So you are very, very motivated and you're really figuring the stuff out. You haven't got a huge amount of probably capital there. It's not like you can just kind of throw money around, especially in the early days. So you are, you're focused, you're forced to focus on what really matters and, and then it often works. And it's then when, you then find a framework, like I say, let's pick on Scrum, and you find Scrum, and you're, oh, we were doing bits like that, and we were really successful. So now let's take it as a whole, and if we use if we use all of it, do you know we might be even more successful this time? I always find that people rarely can recapture that magic. Like they're always trying to chase this dream, and it's almost as if the you were unable to dance in the moment. They're always looking down on their palm to see what the steps they were doing last time. And maybe it's different steps this time. And maybe if they weren't following the framework, they would just be 
freestyling a bit more rather than trying to do the tango that worked last time. But because we looked at the, we do roughly doing something like a tango, and I was saying, oh, okay, so it's the waltz. That's what we want to do. And actually, what it isn't, what's needed is some kind of crazy interpretive dance. Yeah, I, I think it's, I, I can definitely relate that back to an experience I had. So I was at a, a small startup uh, called Ubiquitous in my hometown in Swindon. Um, there were about 150, 160 of us when we were, we sold to Cisco. So that was a good day for the founders. Uh, they did pretty well out of that. Uh, but uh, the, I was working with a client in Japan. Um, and I remember distinctly, I was a test engineer, um, uh, headed up the test team. We had the developer sat to my left and the customer sat to my right. And the developer was writing code. I was taking that that code, um, applying it to our embedded software, you know, uh, our hardware solution, showing that to the customer and saying, look, it does this, it does this. This is the messaging you're getting. This is the signaling. And the customer was saying, yeah, not that, not this. Uh, that needs to change. And we were having this free-flowing conversation on a workbench with the you know the developer, the tester, and the customer, all combined. When we started, that obviously worked incredibly well, right? Rapidly evolving um, changes to the code um, and 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 the outcomes were what the customer wanted because we had that super fast feedback cycle. This is what I was saying about trying to blog this stuff and write it down and going look this. I've, I've we've invented something awesome here started to look at well there are parallels to this right and i can look at things like scrum which says you know working working as a cross-functional team and involving the customer early and getting that feedback as you start to apply so you can imagine in that scenario i've got instant feedback from a customer if i apply a scrum methodology i might have a two-week sprint where at the end of two weeks i show a bunch of functionality to the customer and get feedback i've actually extended my feedback loop by implementing a process rather than just being embracing the, the the natural way that we work well together. I would say as well. I mean, um, I'm, I'm really blessed with the, the the opportunity to have been through that startup uh, environment. And uh, I mean, one of the stories that I love to tell is the benefit of an agile mindset and the benefit of of being innovative and being able to solve problems. Uh, the client, the, the product that we built. Let's start there. The product was a thing called a femtocell, which is a like a Wi-Fi router, but instead of Wi-Fi signal, it provides three G or four G mobile phone coverage in your home. So if you're in a black spot, you plug this thing into your your internet connection, and it provides you with mobile phone coverage. Um, one of our principal clients was uh, SoftBank in Japan, um, and when the tsunami hit and struck wiped out all of the infrastructure, they came to us and said, well, can you make this box work over a satellite connection? Instead of the broadband connection at home, we want to connect it to satellite um, so that we can make calls for our rescue workers. Now, there were really significant technical limitations to being able to do that. Um, you know, you can imagine the latency of a satellite link is much longer than the latency of a, a normal broadband connection. But there was a team of uh, a few people who got together in our company um, and within 24 hours, we'd overcome those those challenges. We'd actually generated a couple of patents on the wall there. Um, and so we generated a couple of patents out of that work um, and made the code changes, tested those code changes. And within 24 hours, the solution was deployed on the back of a four-wheel drive truck, providing mobile phone coverage for rescue workers in Japan. This, for me, is what I want to help teams to feel that that real feeling of of helping others 
um, to to meet their needs. And uh, that's a that's an extreme example, as you might imagine. And I'm I'm justly proud of that. But I was working with a bank as well, and I think you might have been there as uh, um, at a similar time. But at that time, just before Christmas, I had my identity stolen, uh, and I phoned my bank, and and they said, "Well, that's not a problem." Uh, we fixed it. We've returned the money that was stolen from your account. It's just before Christmas. Uh, in fact, we can't return the money, but we'll give you a bridging loan to cover you for for that period, and you will get the money back in a you know in a few weeks' time once we've sorted all of this out. We often lose sight of the fact that we are serving needs of our customers, and for me, part of this kind of agile thing is about getting closer to meeting our customer needs and understanding how we're meeting those needs um, and having really strong conversations. And to have those strong conversations, there is no recipe for that, is there? There is nothing. Like you have to. I mean, any conversation, any real conversation, is an element of just being there in the moment, connecting to that person. At a, the deeper level you can connect to them, the more progressive you would hope the conversation could be. And maybe some of the some of the processes and the ideas that we've been trying to follow when we're trying to kind of recreate some magic, just get in the way of us really just connecting as as humans, perhaps. Yeah, I think you could bring parallels to things like the the way we talk about user stories, right? They're not things that we write down. They're things that we discuss, and that's why they're called stories. Um, and I think any of those organic conversations are the things that we need to create the space for because that's where the magic does happen, right? Rather than writing it down and following a script. Um, so... Yeah, I think it just means that we've got to have much better conversation, conversations much clearer, much more transparent and much more honesty to bring things to bear, which I think comes down to all of those tools in our toolbox about radical transparency and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and and you know, having trust, uh, a safe safe environment to, to share your ideas and, and concepts because not everything will land. Mm. Tim, that's been lovely. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed that. You've really, I kind of annoyed at myself that I've got a half, half finished idea that I can't quite get out. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll blossom over the next, uh, <laughs> over the next few hours and I can recall it and we can uh, talk about it in much more detail. But thank you very much for that, Tim. I think maybe if we bring this one to an end and then we'll get you back on. And, we'll, and maybe then we'll pick up the other question that we were first about we're going to be looking at because I think that we can bring all this together because none of these things are isolated topics. So you, you're happy to come back, Tim? Absolutely, I'd love to. And I really want to kind of pick your brains because I think we've got complementary but slightly different views on a bunch of things. So it'd be interesting to, to thrash that out and see where we land. Yeah, let's see if we can have an argument. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. All right, Dan. <laughs> well, well, thank you, Ben. That was that was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Pleasure. Well, look, we'll, we'll have you back. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And please do make sure that you uh, subscribe to this podcast on your podcast platform of choice so you don't miss this. any future conversations that me and Tim have or me and other people perhaps called Dan. Tim, everyone, thank you very much. We'll see you all again soon. What a brilliant conversation. Do you know what? I really enjoy talking to people, as you can probably tell. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to it too. Now, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, give us your feedback. 
the more attention that we get, the easier it makes it for me to free up the time to record these podcasts and edit them, to add videos onto the YouTube channel for Less Matters community. So please do give us your feedback, share it, like it, love it, give us your suggestions. My name is Ben Maynard. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Less Matters podcast. Until next time, stay safe and we'll see you then.